When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Press the button. <laughs> Do you want to press the button? Hey, Leslie. Hello. Benjamin. Uh, we're here today to have another deep end. And uh, there's a few topics that we want to talk about. But also, whoever's out there in Radio Land, if you guys have any questions for us, just let us know. There's no comments here. I wonder um, if we're even live. Huh. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess we're live. We're just going to have to wait for people. Yeah. Maybe people are really busy today. Yeah. Maybe we're not as we're popular as we people. fear we are. I, well, that would be a relief. There we go. Um, I had to uh, I had to pause on your name because I don't know. I, I'm still looking at you, not sure who you are. Yeah, you're still working. You're still, still working. Maybe that's why out. nobody's showing up. Because yeah. Oh, there's Jenny. Hey, Jenny. All right, there we go. That was, was worried. Are we even connected? I just need a little signal that we're connected. And I don't need to be popular or anything like that. It's actually... I think I did a good job. Your hair looks nice. Yeah, somebody cut my hair and somebody else cut my other hair. I don't well, know. I had to do, it was like a two-stage haircut. Yeah, I did the I'm bottom half. Still learning to cut your hair. She wanted to know what I looked like without a beard. Yeah. And she st- still doesn't know if she's uh, robbing the, rocking the cradle. Oh, now. you're so cute. Yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm 12. Mm. But I have to say, this is a really weird uh, phenomena for me. What's that? But if... The longer my hair gets, the more depressed I get, the more I feel bogged down, like the more weight I have, like on an emotional hmm. level, like anxiety and worry and All your processes. memories are in your hair. Like, yeah, all my memories in my hair and I need to be, I need to be free. I need to be connected. I need to be not removed. Now, oh, it's the same. some guy's going to come and knock on our door. Hmm, we'll see. Is he going to come and knock on our door? <laughs> we'll find out. Can you talk? Well, I guess so. I guess so. Hi. Uh, Chanel. Oh, hi, Chanel. I saw you're in Florida. I was following your um, your Florida adventure. That's so cool. And I hope everybody's having a good Sunday. I'm filling for Benjamin while he's checking the door. <laughs> um, I have been trying to figure out what we're doing with these these deep end things and they seem like they're kind of ranging all over the place but one of the things that i thought might be interesting is to sort of do a roundup of things that we've come across in the last week or two and comments viewer comments i've had some interesting ones on my channel and the chickens are two houses down the street i have to go get them you do yeah are you kidding i'm me? really sorry about this do you want to talk for five minutes okay okay I'll You're be gonna... right <laughs> okay <laughs> so i guess our chickens have escaped let's see indie prime says trust is built not by sacrificing the shared telos for short-term conflict resolution 
Um, that's interesting. There was a conversation that Benjamin had with Jonathan Pajot the other day, and I had never, this was my first introduction to, to Jonathan. And I was watching this this morning and really, really enjoyed it. And the thoughts on sacrifice were really interesting. Um, we were having a debate about sacrifice uh, a couple of weeks ago when we did one of these uh, live streams. Benjamin was talking about um, something about sacrificing. I think this was his the one where we were talking about him wanting to wave at women. And he was he was saying something about, well, you know, you sacrifice that when you get into a relationship, your other I guess your other um, interests, your other opportunities. Oh, do you see him out there? He's out there giving the chicken some feed right behind me, right? What? <laughs> it's mirrored, or it's not mirrored, so it's weird. But um, the thoughts on sacrifice. He was his suggestion was, isn't it a good thing? Doesn't a woman want to know that their husband or their partner has sacrificed in order to be with them? And my um, my response immediately was, no, not not necessarily. I don't think so, but I think it's more complicated than that. It's not so much that I don't... Okay, you're here, so we can talk about sacrifice. Sacrifice! <laughs> it's not so much that I I don't want you to have sacrificed to be with me. It's just that I... Are you playing Azul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't want the sacrifice to be for me. And so there's that framing. And so I was saying, I understand what you're, what you're saying now. I understand okay. there's a pivot that needs, it's a slight reframe. I wouldn't want to have someone sacrifice for me. But if you're sacrificing for the relationship, that's kind of between you and your life trajectory. That's between you and your, your meaning making, um, not about me. Well, I mean, don't you have to sacrifice your desire not to be sacrificed for? In order to reap the benefits of my sacrifice to you and okay. not to denigrate it. If if I'm sacrificing for you and you're like, oh, don't sacrifice yeah, but, for me, then then and if I can't go forward in my own development without sacrifice, well, I mean, it really does depend on what you mean by sacrifice, right? And it also it also I think when you ask, do you not want to owe me anything? It, is that what it is? Maybe maybe that's part of it. But I think also it's the framing. Like I would not have thought, why would I have an, any opinion about your sacrifice? Why would it be something when you say, aren't you? don't you want your partner to have sacrificed for you? That's where I'm like, I'm, I think, was I supposed to be involved in that process? Was I supposed to have a pin, an opinion or a value around that? I don't know that I Okay, well, but would, would you not be grateful for someone, someone's um, sacrifice of their own interests for you and, and yeah. sacrificing my own individuality for our relationship? Would you not be grateful for that? I guess I would, yes, but I would. it's weird for me to think in terms of that because I think I already do so much of that in my own way. I do, if you're going to put it in those terms, then I do a lot of sacrificing and for, for relationship, for you, for my children, for friendship, for work, for everything. And I don't think about it that way. It's just something that's You don't very, think about what way? In so terms I, of sacrifice. Okay, but sacrifice has a very specific meaning for you, and it's got a different meaning for me. Okay, well, why don't you go ahead and lay it out? Well, I, I kind of jive, if anybody's watched the Peugeot episode. That's what I, I kind of let in with, so yeah. So you let in with the Peugeot episode, that sacrifice is the foundation 
of my entire moral framework. Now, my entire moral framework is a Judeo-Christian moral framework. Mm -hmm. The moral framework is distinct from the religious doctrine, mm -hmm. though they are very bound up in, to one another and you can't necessarily untangle them. But because of the way that I was raised and because, of, yeah, just because of my context, that was what was engraved upon me. So it's just, it's a part of me. I've wrestled with it, but I've come to peace with it that that's how I have been set up in my cultural operating system mm -hmm. is that sacrifice is essential mm -hmm. to uh, every step of um, my ascendancy toward the good or mm -hmm. my participation as an intermediary between what is below me on the scale and what is above me on the scale. Mm -hmm. And what that scale is could be a number of different things. You can think of it in terms of... Um, you know, you can think of it in terms of humans, uh, you can think of it in terms of cultures, you can think of it in terms of class, though, mm -hmm. that you get our caste or class, which people just have a hard time with. I don't really have a hard time with class. People like get really upset when uh, being classist and saying okay. oh, there's high, low, high and a low class. There's just there's higher forms of coach culture. There's lower, lower forms of culture. And it's not necessarily blocked into your monetary status, but the way that it is is that it is bound up in your monetary okay. status, but there's people have more refined tastes and people have more coarse tastes. Okay. And there is a place for potty humor. There's a place for dick jokes. There's a place mm -hmm. for, um, you know, like what we saw yesterday, there's a Chinese translation of a hospital where it says cunt examinations, right? <laughs> so, you know, and that's, it's funny. It's, it's yeah. vulgar. It's funny, you know. There's a place for that kind of humor, but there's also yeah. a place for other forms of humor or, or other forms of joy mm -hmm. um, that are more refined. And some people can't, some people or some things are more uh, coarse and some things are more fine. And, and my relationship to the good, in so far as I am a moral agent, that I participate in uh, either lending towards the bettering of the wor world or the lending uh, towards the worsening of the world, mm -hmm. in my framework, sacrifice or mm -hmm. a certain definition of sacrifice is how I participate in the bettering of the world. Mm -hmm. I release my desires hold on me. Mm -hmm. I train myself to have patience. Patience literally means to suffer. Now, I always kind of get annoyed when people use like etymology as some sort of argument. It's not. It's just that's love how etymology. It yeah, I love it too. But people kind of over rely on it in yeah. this like very sophomoric. Um, I think way. it's great because it's actually really understanding what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's important. Yeah, there's that one saying like, "Don't ever ask God to teach you patience because He will." Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. but patience is. Uh, I think that Christianity or the story of Christ or the example of Jesus Christ is one of, of, of deep sacrifice on every, every level. And the sacrifices that he makes are sacrifices that uh, offend a lot of people because he's sacrificing these moral standards. He's sacrificing certain sorts of disdain. Mm -hmm. uh, for mm -hmm. the lower class mm -hmm. and and he's he's kind of he's he's showing that there is the lower law there's like there's a coarse way that hierarchy functions in society and then there's a finer way that sacrifice or that um 
caste or class functions in society. You know, there's there's the there's the dirty of body and then there's the clean of heart, you know, and, and you can have a very immaculate presentation and you can have a very dirty heart at the same time. We were just watching The Never Ending Story and when you mm-hmm. meet yourself, mm-hmm. it can be the case that you actually see that you thought you're one way, mm-hmm. but you're actually another way. Mm-hmm. And the way that one grows as a moral agent or the way that one even, I believe, grows as a conscious being, and I think that you can see that in human development, it's embedded in human development, is accepting that the other exists mm-hmm. and that the other is more important than me or the mm-hmm. us. And once I make the other more important than me, then I have access to something greater than me, which is mm-hmm. an us. Mm-hmm. And so participate that, that act of sacrifice. So I don't know what you mean by sacrifice. Sacrifice mm-hmm. could sound like this really grueling thing no, where I'm like no. rending my garments. I'm like, oh, it's so hard to sit down to dinner with you. I don't want to do that. I want to pull away my video games. Oh, you're making me do this. Now that is not proper no, sacrifice. No, no. And, and I, you know, I agree. the example of Christ is that it, you, your sacrifice is annulled when you do that. When you demand something, it's yourself interrupting the sacrifice. It's yourself interrupting or holding back from that ascendancy Mm -hmm. of that hierarchy Mm -hmm. of values. Well, I guess I would say that I think, and thank you for articulating that, but I think, I think that, um, perhaps there's an, there's an explicitness and an analysis, this linguistic analysis that we're going through this process of understanding what sacrifice means. And it's, you're laying out things that have been second nature to me for a really long time because I've been a mother for so long and I've been part of a family unit for so long that it's not something I think about in that way. And, and perhaps it's a life stage sort of way because you were coming out of being relatively just solo independent in a relative to the life that I've been living. And so maybe Relative for you, ways. you're having to work through this in a way that I I don't think about well, it these well, ways. Yeah, I, yeah. So I I don't know how you perceive <laughs> me working through this. Okay, just linguistically, just talking about it, analyzing okay. it in in terms of like thinking about it in terms of sacrifice. How else would you think about it? I guess you just wouldn't think about it. You don't you just do. It. You just do. Mm-hmm. And then what happens when... And maybe that's kind of a masculine feminine thing too. A mo- the mother versus the father. If you think about in the family, there's this... this. Uh, I, I thought this... Who was it that Jordan Peterson was just talking to? I loved this conversation and I want to buy her book. So let me see. It was Sarah Hill, Dr. Sarah Hill. It was such a good conversation. It was uh, Attraction, Beauty, Growth, and Sex. And I'll put it there because it'll yeah, but they were they were having this conversation, and one of the things that he said is, "How do we?" They her her book that she writes, she starts it's it's like your brain on birth control or something like that. It was mm. called, and it was it sounded really interesting. But she started out by with a chapter about what is a woman, and they kind of laugh about the irony of this a little bit, but then they go into it. And one of the things that he talked about is how do you conceptualize. A, is a woman best conceptualized as an individual or as a as a mother child dyad? And there's something that's so natural about giving to the other mm-hmm. that comes with motherhood mm-hmm. that I think there's hmm. there's a uh, sort of a unspoken fluidity to that process that 
when I hear it articulated, it sounds it so sounds, harsh and crude. Well, it sounds enforced. It sounds transactional. Maybe <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was this uh, tweet that surfaced on Twitter that I found profoundly telling and you know, I'm no, I'm not allowed to talk about feminists by not by me as a group, but um, I know. I'm, I mean, that's I'm not, a joke. That's a joke. That's a okay. joke. That's that meme that you put you have up to sa- on here. You have to sacrifice I'm... your your literarity <laughs> for, for literal literality. <laughs> um, and I, I'm just going to paraphrase this tweet. And it was this some some woman had done a TikTok about teaching her daughter to serve her husband, and that her highest, oh the little girl yeah her highest destiny or achievement in life is to be the servant of a husband and, uh, a, family, and a family and a family. Yeah. And this other woman on Twitter took stills from that and said that this is the most repugnant thing that she has ever seen, that women who treat other, who teach other women like this are, are class vile traitors. class traitors. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was profoundly telling for the Marxist feminist framework that the family is, it, She's talking about class traders, but it's really about yourself. It's it's really about, no, I am more important than family, than husband, than child. My career mm. is more important than that. And because I'm an individual, and this is what I think Peugeot is kind of trying to talk about. Once you atomize yourself from the family structure, that natural family structure, and maybe you'll say it's not natural, it's a Western patriarchy, colonial, whatever. But once you atomize yourself through Western colonial atomization, individual individualization, you are, you are disconnected from, from a root. You're uh, de-radicalized, not deracinated is the mm. dark right wing money term. The, well, just, they don't have a lot of money. They're just the dissident right. Um, and uh, so you deracinate yourself. You, you, you take your roots out. And then what you need is a superstructure. You need to have some sort of connection. And so you jump from a family mm-hmm. that is based on these relationships that are very personal, very long term and involuble, then uh, not really consensual. Like you can consent to being married, but after that, you, there's no more choice. Mm. You can't really choose your right. children. You can't choose your parents. Mm-hmm. You have to obey mm-hmm. this natural order. Mm-hmm. You, you deracinate yourself mm-hmm. from that. You're, You're an committed. individual yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And then what, what connects you to anything else? This is class. It's this idea mm. of class. And what comes into there is this totalizing state. This says, okay, I will, I will make sure that you are treated fairly in whatever situation that you go into. Now you're a career woman. Now we have DEI departments, HR departments to regulate the system and to act as kind of a nanny to, to protect you in, in this kind of wild jungle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, so I, I, the, I, so I posted like, what is more important in life to, to serve your family or to serve your class. Mm-hmm. But classes really mean yourself, mm-hmm. right? I really do think that when you say like you're a class trader, it's like you're, you're, you're violating yourself. You think so? You're, you're putting yourself down in some way. There's like this, it's a hidden, it's really, it's really, it's a really, and that tweet got 104,000 likes or something like that. Hers? The, 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 the woman the that was woman. breaking down yeah. the woman that was teaching the yeah. girl yeah. to, to behave according to a certain structure. Mm-hmm. And then, but the Marxist structure is just as rigid and mm-hmm. just as totalitarian and demanding mm-hmm. it's just through uh, this this totalitarian state as that family unit yeah right? yeah i mean it's kind of like that meme that you see every now and then that 
it's kind of like a trad wife meme that's that's shows the woman over here serving her family, but this other woman over here is serving the corporation. Yeah, and so you know, yeah, you're serving the corporation. Yeah, yeah. yeah your family is the state. Um, so, and that 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 just points to what you're saying. It's really interesting with women's liberation and what and this phenomena, this cultural phenomena called feminism, is in a certain way an attempt. To give more, on one level, it's an attempt to give women wiggle room from that natural bond. And even you've said this to me in conversation where like women are kind of get the short end of the stick. I, I believe it was you said women get the short end of the stick with the birth. Um, with with the responsibility, maybe we weren't. Okay, the maybe me. it was. Maybe I don't it was. Know that this was it might have been Sarah, me. or it might have been somebody else that I was okay, interviewing. Okay. Um, where she said that women kind of get the short end of the stick. Okay. Uh, with regard to with regard to what? Uh, well, with beauty standards. Yeah. With, with reproductive capacity, with the consequences of the reproductive role of the female being really vulnerable, and then also basically having to give up her individuation mm-hmm. to to innovate other well it's so reliant on i mean all of it works if all of it works this but is as your it point. falls apart it 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 all falls yeah, apart it spools out and so if we're talking you know again the the heteronormative is the framework that i'm working with here because that's the norm it's the right? best <laughs> it's the least gay framework out there <laughs> All right. You're not supposed to say that, so I, I retract that. Well, but so that's me being a shit heel. So in that in that framework, <laughs> in, in that, that framework, in yeah. that framework, in, which is a trinity of mother, father, uh, mother and and, and, children. and children. Yeah. Then if as soon as the the father does something wrong, maybe he is neglectful or abusive, or is not providing properly, and and this you know. It's, uh, scale this out culturally. As soon yeah. as men are failing, women suffer for the failings of men and yes. children suffer for the failings of men. Yes. And so if women don't have the right and the ability to try to to take up the slack left by men, yeah. then they're completely screwed. And so they have to be able to take that up if men are not going to come together. Yeah. So it all has to come together or it all falls apart. Yeah, it's interesting. And in how women would typically organize would be to create a longhouse or create or rely on some sort of super social structure, some sort of state or HR department. They would work collectively, mm-hmm. whereas men would, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make some bad patterning, recognitioning um, over that. So if you return the individual... And this is this is what we were talking. This is really interesting. I really wish I could have James and Jonathan speak together, and I hope I can at the same time, um, because James is pointing out that one of the problems that we're facing, or his his ideology, liberalism, is facing, is this lack of a solid theory or philosophy of the individual, and. I've heard from post and pre and counter enlightenment thinkers that it's the very idea of the individual, the unbounded individual that is the problem with liberalism because Mm. an individual is only an individual for a specific time. And you have the, uh, the post feminist thinkers such as Mary Harrington and the women that she's, she's speaking with or relating to in, in her work saying that, you know, there's this, idea of care at the beginning of life mm-hmm. you're not an individual at the end of life you're not an individual and if we just chop off the human there 
what else are we going to start to chop off the human? Mm. What are we? What else are we going to start yeah. like chopping off the human? And then we're going to plug that human into these the cyborg in order to sustain its individuality mm. in, in a certain mm. way. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, but I, I still think because I am a liberal and I am a Christian and I am pre enlightenment, enlightenment and post enlightenment. I see how all those different things work and how they're all necessary in order to describe phenomena and make the proper choice within any given, um, uh, interaction with phenomena or organization of phenomena. I can see mm. that the individual is very, it's a very necessary concept you know every person that i meet is an individual they have their own parameters they have their own personality they have their own bit of mm-hmm. godhood they have their own sins mm-hmm. and their own hopes and struggles and patterns and smell and all that stuff They're, they are an individual mm-hmm. and what when and so i respect that individual more than i respect their class their sex their their phenotype mm-hmm. the most important thing about them is their individuality mm-hmm. and that that comes from my moral framework it's really deeply in my moral framework but the individual and what and and so that that's my enlightenment way of thinking about that or that's what i would agree with james with but what peugeot is talking about and and his relationship to that is like this individual is Mm -hmm. it's a weird concept we in christianity we talk about this person and there's a person that's there and the person is completely defined and bounded by their relationships to other people and the person is judged by their relationships to other people how they love other people is how that person becomes proved or disproved as a person as a good person or a bad person mm-hmm. is how they love the world mm-hmm. and how one loves the world in my framework comes down to this concept of sacrifice maybe there's another word hmm. that would that would be more amenable to you and how you think about no, I think how that it's, you serve. Maybe service is better. I think it's a great word. I think I just didn't understand your perspective on it. And mm. it really helped me to understand yeah. that. I think yeah. that, that, that that's when the individual sacrifices, the individual is then, and it has to be a voluntary sacrifice. And the, right. the person has to be responsible. So there is an absolute necessity for the individual. And the individual is higher than the class. Mm-hmm. But the individual is at the bottom of family and of mm-hmm. and of community and of church like like the the individuals at mm-hmm. once on the top and on the yeah, bottom yeah it's everything and it's opposite yeah and i i think that um in terms of of sacrifice the word maybe that that you used a little bit ago that was this that this my understanding hinged upon is this word transactional and i think that when you tit for tat quid pro quo right and when you sacrifice for or to someone well what in exchange for what and it's a lot of pressure to put on that other. But if it's a sacrifice for yourself and for mm. the greater and for something higher, then it, it makes more sense. You but know, you this, don't like that. No, 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 no. I, I totally agree. I totally okay. agree. It's, that's a really, that's a very, that's the leap of faith. That's really, that's a really hard thing to have happen. And this is might, might be where we could talk about Peter and Megan's stance with people who are now speaking out about DEI or now criticizing oh, yeah, gender that, ideology. That Peter Bogosian tweet. Is that one sacrifices for love and one and you can't have the notion of sacrifice without a notion of forgiveness. Like I can't put everything on you. Mm. Right? I can't demand that you love me. I can only give you the example of love and and see if I can shepherd you towards loving me, right? And you, it has to be voluntary. So I can only give you love and then you love me. 
right? And shepherd you towards love. And if I fail at that, then then I'm going to decrease the likelihood that you're going to want to follow me in love somewhere. Mm. Right. So I, I need your forgiveness and I need to my, to forgive myself when I make a mistake and be bigger than my mistakes and say, okay, I'm going to start over again and not get locked in my mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when you fail in turn, mm -hmm. when I give you love and there's some part of you that's crusty or broken or, or, or limited yeah. and you can't love me in a way mm -hmm. like I have to, I have to surrender that. I have to not think of you as failing to love me, hmm. right? I, I have to surround you. So that that's part the of sacrifice you and I, yeah, like I like I have to sacrifice my need for love at that moment, or or my my chasing of the ideal of love. Mm -hmm. I have to sacrifice that and live in reality and mm -hmm. live in and seek harmony with your fault and hope that too shepherds you to seek harmony with my faults right mm -hmm. i have to always be the bigger person and when i fail at that mm -hmm. th that, that <laughs> which i do <laughs> is like well i can't blame you whenever i fail at that like when you point out my flaws i can't blame you for that like i it takes me a moment you know i'll say something i'll be sure is sharp that with something you. i do a lot no no it's not it's not and, and this is this is a dice hypothetical or... <laughs> hypothetically if i'm short with you okay. and you say you're being really short oh with yeah me. that did happen yeah right uh -huh. and and i have to i have to like i'm like yeah. and i'm all in that i'll argue for this yeah i'm like you know what i have to let it go and everything in me is like don't let it go you're mm -hmm. going to be emasculating don't be the yes dear guy like don't be that, that you put on the cover don't be the yes dear mean you can't do that she won't respect you you have to contain her you have to give her positive ownership <laughs> or i can just let go the positive ownership thing that's so inflammatory and look at myself as a freaking i'm being a prick and it's okay to be a prick God designed guys with dicks to be dicks, but sometimes the dick is a dick and it's not appropriate. It's a coarse way of behaving and I need to not do, be that way, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm not being proper. And I, it takes a moment for me to say, okay, I have to go and humble myself and, and, and put away my desire to be right and prove that you were actually, it was your fault that I was acting short, right? I know. I was the one being short. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm pounding <laughs> the table. Pounding the table. Well, it's nice was, to hear all these thoughts put together. That's and interesting. I, I need to Your humble myself thoughts. and, and, you know, and say, you know, listen, I wasn't listening to you. Could you tell me what I was doing wrong? I know that I can only apologize so much because I just need to hear it. And because I want yeah. conciliation, mm -hmm. I don't want, I want forgiveness, not in the, to make me feel like I'm okay, mm -hmm. but so that our relationship is mended and we can move forward in conciliation mm -hmm. through the evening, mm -hmm. right? Like I need to stop and see if like, like I have to, I have to take responsibility, let go of my pride ask for clarification mm -hmm. and seek conciliation with you. And forgiveness is a part of that. Sacrifice is a part of that. It's a part of every moment. And, mm -hmm. and when I fail to sacrifice my ego, and when I fail to sacrifice my, my impatience, and, and then I'm mm -hmm. short, like, mm -hmm. like it's a failure of sacrifice. Yeah, okay, that's a really good point. That's, it's interesting because it's on this larger scale and smaller scale. Yeah. So how does that have anything to do with the tweet that you're talking about? What does that have to do with it? And we got, did you there, was that? Chat, there was so you a super chat. There was a super chat. Did you, did you speak to while I was going nope, to the girls? I didn't. I just, uh, you know, the, the girls follow me. I just go, chick, 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 chick. do you guys have chickens? <laughs> if anybody has chickens, we call would, them Benjamin's shitty fan club. Yeah. They're my chicken shit fan club. Yeah. <laughs> they, they love me a lot. And yeah. whenever I walk around, if they're down the street or whatever, they like see me and they run over to me. Is that what I, happened? Yeah. They're like, Oh, 
Oh, our, our big old cock's coming down the road. <laughs> Gotta follow the rooster. <laughs> yep. They got these they big old fat you. butts just running after yeah, me. Yeah, they're chicken, really chicken, cute. Chicken. They're cute. Do, I, I would like to know if chickens <laughs> are this bonded to humans. They, they sit out the door pecking and watching yeah, they, me. Yeah, they want to hang out with you. It's kind of yeah. Okay, there's a chuper sat um, from Jenny's getting inky with it. Watched a thing on parental rights. The presenter basically indicated parents are interchangeable because parents are in government and are teachers. Oh. So basically, birth parent had no intrinsic oh. value. That's where you get. Yeah. That's where you get. Yeah, I guess so. Because human that beings is, that are is bonded. The, the uh, logical conclusion of, of ultimate individuality is ultimate. What? Yeah. It's like, state. You're just pegs in the state. Yeah. 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 It's, There's no yeah. other way because the individual's nested. It's bonded. It has to be bonded. Yeah. It needs it needs assistance. It needs protection. Mm-hmm. It needs governance. It needs education. It needs shepherding. Mm-hmm. Tiny dinosaurs. Yes, they are tiny dinosaurs. Mm. But I don't know what you so said. You, did you? I did didn't you say read anything that, about the tweet. tweets. No, I didn't. And one, I like Megan a lot. Megan. And Megan Murphy. Uh-huh. Uh, she's a friend. We've had a. I don't internet, know her, but I I like her too. We I have listened to her podcast. We've had internet relations for many a year now since 2018. Mm-hmm. We've we've had regular yeah. shows and stuff. And I know Peter Bogosian personally, um, and I think he's a great guy. He's doing really good. I don't good know for him himself. either, but I like his stuff too. And they're both on my team. And so I have criticism of something that they've said. And I know that they're big, big enough to realize that I'm criticizing what they said. And I want everybody else to know explicitly I'm criticizing what they've said, not who they are. And this is a part of the liberal thing. But uh, I will get to my criticism. Did you want to read your criticism? Because no, it was interesting. Okay. I Did you want to? Con- I don't know con- if con- I want to read it. You don't, you don't, no, okay. I, it's just that the DEI thing, it was kind of like... Should uh, we just read his tweet? Yeah, sure. Because it's can. interesting. Yeah. So to the new people speaking, this is Peter Bogosian. And he wrote this uh, 12.9. Was that yesterday? At 11.35 a.m. To the new people speaking out against DEI. When there is now no cost to opposing it, which isn't true, where were you guys three years ago? Where were you when these racist lunatics were destroying our institutions and actively engaging in relentless witch hunts of their ideological enemies? You know, I want to be careful not to be calling this out because I think that's that would be doing the same thing that that frustrated me about it. And it's okay. Proceed with caution, but I think it's well, I think I mean, it's I think it's a failure of of community building. I think it's well, a failure. But it's, I think it's just a, it's a very natural feeling. It's a I mean I think that's an entirely natural feeling to feel like. I stood up, I put my neck out and you guys all thought, I mean, this, so, uh, and I'm going to strongman it because I think that there's something here. I think that that it's very natural to feel this way. For instance, when I was in graduate school, I was in this terrible class, this class that was called Multicultural Perspectives. And it was this DEI class disguised as a, as a graduate psychology course. And it was, it was really crazy like she she actually used youtube quite a bit and she showed memes of white people being clueless in order to show us that white people suck and this was it's like you're supposed we're you're training counselors and she's telling us that white women's feelings have been overvalued and you know it's just this it was a uh it was a dei course on critical race theory basically that was taught at about an eighth grade level and, of course it was, because uh, the ideas don't stand up to ninth grade no, scrutiny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I'm in this class, and I 
I raised my hand and I spoke at at many points. I tried to engage respectfully, yeah. but I kept pushing back. And there was this one day where the teacher misconstrued something I said and then tried to move on. And I said, um, if I may, and I continued to say, you know, no, this is my point was this. And she started to cry at the front of the class and she cried about her emotional labor and how she couldn't make the class a safe space. And so it wasn't safe for us to be talking about these things. And we couldn't really get into these topics in, in the way that I wanted to, because she's like, I know you're asking for nuance, but we just can't. And then she started to cry. And and another student who is actually a, a trans woman, so uh, a trans identified male said, I think we've heard enough white voices and and shut me down. And so then I just sat there and I'm looking around the room and I'm like, at least three of you guys have emailed me to thank me for things that I've been willing to say about okay. this. And you're sitting there silently. And I, I went to the bathroom after that cr class and I cried and I felt so angry at those Did you people. cry on, on TikTok? No. Well, if, if a woman no, cries I'm, in a bathroom and nobody hears her, does, <laughs> does it actually valid? <laughs> so, but I'm saying I can relate to the sentiment that's being expressed because that sentiment that's being expressed in that tweet, I, I absolutely get that. Yeah. That was how I felt when I wanted to, uh, I wanted to shout at those people, you know, because I know you think you're being a coward and you're letting me stand up there yeah. and, hmm. and take the licks yeah. because you're not willing to say what you think even though you agree with me. I know yeah. you agree with me. Yeah. And and yet, I and think yeah, that the the point of the whole DEI project, it really seems to be to create resentment, to divide people and to make people look at each other with skepticism and envy. And, 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 and this kind of thinking plays right into okay. that. So you benefited from colonialism or you benefited <laughs> from DEI. It's the same. What do you mean? Say that. Who benefited? DEI from says you you white people benefited from being complicit in all this racism, and you and you not speaking out against racism is your complicity, complacency, and complicity in these systems of structural oppression. Okay. Which is the same thing that Peter's saying because DEI is a, syst a, oh, structural, yeah, yeah, yeah. a structural system of oppression that people are benefiting from, or being quiet in, is being complicit in. Well, it's entitlement and resentment. And now that and now that the stakes are lessened, and you're making that calculation according to your conscience to stand up for what's right, you're kind of a bunch of pussies. Um, now I agree with that, and when I speak with people and they say, "Well, I don't want to go public, or I want to remain anonymous," but this problem is really a big problem. I'm at some point in the last six years of doing this work, I'm like, "Get over yourself, dude!" Like, then, like, don't just don't like either shit or get off the pot or just stay in the freaking shit. Like, you can get out of the pot or you can change the thing, and and everybody needs to like start to shovel the shit. Mm -hmm. And you're the first people to start to shovel the shit are gonna get the most dankest shit thrown at them and gonna get dirtiest and it's gonna get a little bit cleaner every time more and more people and some people's consciousness our conscience is gonna kind of switch over where they're gonna say okay okay i think i can handle the shit or there was enough people you know like courage breeds courage and so to for the courageous to say you freaking cowards once they're being courageous is 
you have to be a little bit more it doesn't seem gracious to me no, no, and it seems no. like it could lead right into an egotistical kind well, it's, of framework it's not gracious and it's and it is i think it is ex- it it's a disincentive to people to stand up at this point I just, saying I, you kind of missed the boat man yeah. you missed the boat and it also um, on a, it's unbecoming. On a petty level, Let me just say, it's unbecoming. Yeah, but on a petty level, it's also like a process that we've been doing since middle school. And I was saying that this morning. It's like, it's oh, natural. I was I was alternative before you were grunge. You know, it's yeah. like this kind of. Yeah. Um, we got here first, and you're a poser. And it's there's that there's that level of it. But I but I do think that it's mostly it's a natural process to resent people who didn't have your back when they when it could have counted for you. Yeah. If we had all stood up at once, yeah. when, as soon as this started, this would have, this wouldn't have lasted. And so there's a natural sense of frustration with people who didn't have the gumption and to do that at the time. I and would yet we have to, it's that sacrifice, that notion of sacrifice you're talking about forgiveness uh, and sacrifice. Yeah. I would also say that it's a tactical or strategic, whatever, mistake mm-hmm. because D- DEI is nowhere near <laughs> that structural system of oppression is nowhere near defeated at all it is embedded in every single major institution in the western world and the only thing that is going to get it out of there is complete divestment from those institutions and the complete and utter annihilation of these institutions and rebuilding them from the ground up. That is my very contentious point of view. And that's going to take either that or very, very near that. If you looked at what happened earlier this week with those uh, DEI, uh, those diversity hire uh, elite uh presidents of Mm. those institutions going up and getting and i have some nuanced thoughts about that which i will under advisement not get into but it is it was a lot of grandstanding of that and they were kind of standing up for free speech kind of in a bureaucratic procedural way but we all know that free speech is for very specific purposes Mm -hmm. very specific groups can call for genocide of very specific other groups Mm -hmm. and it can't be the case that those things are reversed, but the Jewish, the JQ thing, like really starts to unravel that whole, like, like free speech for the genocide for the, not for me kind Mm -hmm. of things. Like, well, where do, where do we put this group and like on what level? So those, one of those professors has resigned, Mm -hmm. but they're just going to be replaced with another, well, I'm sorry, presidents. Mm -hmm. One of those presidents has resigned Mm -hmm. and another one's going to take their place who believes in the same thing and just won't step on So you're saying that DEI is not, it's not time to start fighting amongst ourselves. The the battle is still on. No, there, 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 yeah, there's absolutely nothing gained from strutting one's stuff and saying I was here first because... Because we're still in the middle of it. We're not even at the beginning of the end of it. We're not even at the beginning of the end of it. I think, and and we might be on a conscious raising level, yes, on an artistic level or on the way that people's attention is clued into it. Like if we look at where it is manifesting in culture, people are divesting from it. But... But it's not enough to not watch your Disney Plus. It's not enough to to boycott Bud Light. You actually have to take your kids out of school. Mm -hmm. You actually have to not hire college graduates. You actually have to build absolutely, completely only invest in alternative institutions. 
And if you look at what happens with like the Daily Wire, which is like a kind of like Daily Wire Plus, they're trying to make an alternative institution. They're just kind of creating an image of the of the institution mm-hmm. that they're wanting to replace. So mm-hmm. it's not really yeah. we're nowhere near. That was a nuanced point that I don't want to get into because I'm kind of parrying R.N. McIntyre and the Distributist about um, Daily Wire's lady ballers which is basically just it a looks cute it it's looks a farley really movie it's like a farley movie without like semen that. you know it's just like 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 the farley brothers you know i don't know who those are you know kingpin and like there's oh. something about mary okay. you know it's just like one of those really crude tw- early okay. 20s thing it's just like a little less semen you haven't even seen it you made me see bar barbie so i think i think maybe we should see this well, I'm just, i think i'm gonna pull my barbie I'm card just Okay, I guess we're going to pull I your guess barbecue. I guess well, you're going to have to watch something you with me that know you don't this. want to watch. I, I wore a rainbow. I want to reclaim the rainbow. Yeah. Make, make rainbows not gay <laughs> anymore. No, I think it's a good point, though. And I think I think there's, a, there's an essential point, too, if you drill all the way down to the foundation of it. And it's okay. that if... You, if you here we go getting radically centered. <laughs> Let's nestle up in there like the chickadees. Let's lay our double yoker. <laughs> Those are huge. Did you show? No, them I the didn't. Okay. But you can. Maybe you that's go how get we'll it? go. No, make your point. You, then okay. I'll go get the double. Okay. So, um, my my point is that if you have been, if this entire platform and this entire project for you has been about trying to convince people that this thing is evil, such yeah. When people start to come around and say, I agree with you and I'm going to stand next to you on this. If you if you shoot them down, why were you doing anything that you were doing in the first place? Why were you, what was your project about if it wasn't about convincing people that you were right or that you had a point that they should listen to? You can't, as soon as they agree with you, turn on them. You cannot do that or else you have invalidated your entire project well and plus i mean plus like those poor people like you ripped them out like you destroyed that worldview for them and you gave them a place to go and then you're like well you know you don't belong with me so go somewhere else right it's like it's like getting somebody out and then like rejecting them at the same time it's like okay like how big is this politically homeless shanty town and where where the knives going to be drawn and these little like uh like, is it ever going to not be a shanty town if we can't stop knifing each other in the back? I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I mean, the same thing with the all the crap from last month with the GC movement. Yeah, yeah it's the it's same just thing. It's like, okay, let's it's just same thing. let's find somebody to knife him. Like, yeah. oh, he's on our side. Let's knife him. Well, it's I think people get it, they get into this warlike process. You know, it's a mental. Uh, you're you're it's puerile. Well, you have to. I mean, the, I'm not calling people puerile. I'm saying the point of view, and I'm puerile too. I think that there's a degree to which you really have to use a lot of that was a me lot being of puerile. adrenaline and a lot of a lot of uh, yeah, sure, that's a good word, in order to gear up to kind of fight this stuff or to be able to speak up when yeah. you're nervous about it. There's ambivalence, and and it's difficult to force yourself to come out with. A statement when the entire room has an, a counter opinion. You're you're in a lot of distress in that moment, and you have to overcome a lot and be brave. And so that those those oh, yeah. temperamental balances that make you able to do that and didn't and made somebody else unable to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ambivalence. I just I've been hearing that word ambivalence ever mm-hmm. since we had dinner with Stephen Levine. Oh no, my my interview with Stephen Levine, mm-hmm. um, and he's this psychologist, this really wise guy, and um, he, he's talk about ambivalence, and we've been using that word a lot. Mm-hmm. And 
it, it always comes up when we're describing something negative, but it's about mixed feelings. Yeah, it's about having two feelings about something. That's yeah. why it's ambivalent. Like yeah, I should speak, not just but I'm two, terrified. Simultaneously, it's ambi. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's holding bivalence. Bivalence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's there's what what is it that makes someone able to be courageous in the face of a lot of threat and I think that's fascinating. I think that's something hmm. that is a value that we like to see and yeah. we should reward. Yeah. And it's true that some people have more of the, of whatever um, emotion leads to hesitation. Yeah. Or and some to people contra- have more contra- contrarianism. Well, but like both, like there might be uh, two people sitting in a class, a DEI class, both of them not, happy with what they're hearing and wanting to say, this isn't right. You shouldn't talk about it this way. This you're, you're presenting a falsehood and this is, this is don't teach us this way. Yeah. And what makes one of them more likely to stand up while the other one is just going to go home and be silent. Yeah. And what, and think what lists, what, then... what combination of temperamental characteristics and personal history leads to one person being able to do that more readily than another. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to toot my own horn. But I mean, when I was at Evergreen, I saw all that woke stuff happening. And I was like, this is really ridiculous. I really disagreed with it. Um, but the, they were so um, boneheaded about it, or they were so locked into it that I knew that any public... Well, I, as a cis-hetero white man, I knew, I knew that... Did you I actually knew... say that unironically? No, no, no. I, okay. From their point of view, okay. as a cis-hetero white male, I would already not be heard. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not be heard if I spoke. I, I, and, and they constantly said that over and over, all over the place. It's like, this is the person that doesn't speak. I'm like, well, I, I, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You're the idiot. Like, so whatever. But, you know, so I didn't, I didn't speak up about it. I, get, I got really mad one time, and I talked to my, I, I wrote a letter to the president, and I spoke with my overseer about it because the the social justice crap was leading to people just acting like they have someone called an overseer i remember the my boss but he wasn't a boss you know whatever um but then after the whole thing collapsed i i erected probably the most thorough teardown of somebody's alma mater and and you know at least in internet (laughs) history like i've done more to destroy the reputation and to absolutely tear apart the ideology Mm -hmm. that spawned that thing and just i didn't do it in the moment Mm -hmm. you know i did it later on Mm -hmm. and then i collected all the data and i did it voraciously but Mm -hmm. i just i didn't i I wasn't speaking up right there i think there's many forms of you know and there's different different temperaments yeah there's different temperaments and stuff i'm gonna get the double yoke yoke. you want to read any questions yeah let's read let's see yeah he did shave everybody's seeing that helena yeah let's see Women suffer from higher levels of neuroticism. I'm sure that was in reference to something else, Chaucerian fraud. Yeah, well, I suffer from higher levels of eroticism. Eroticism, you do? <laughs> My ears. Yeah. They're so erotic. <laughs> Especially without all the fur covering you like my, She loves my rhymes against humanity. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Check be out. his band name. Here's, I think, I'm sure somebody's already done... Some rapster has always done rhyme against humanity. This, this is a double yoker. We should crack it for them. <laughs> you want to crack it on <laughs> Well, you screen? have to get into a bowl. Okay. Let's get a... Let's You're going to see. It's so cool. If you have never had chickens, 
Um, it's really fun when you find a weird egg like that. You can see the regular egg versus the double yoker. Okay, so we're going to angle it down so you can hear the crack. Okay, are we? Right, where are you going to crack it? Uh, you want me to do Wait, it? Uh, we're going to crack it on my thing. Oh, are you just going to crack it? Yeah, yeah, I'll just crack it on. We crack it next to... Oh, crack it so they can hear it? Okay, hold this. All right. Oh, <laughs> we let up. We we let up with this whole like thing about a double yoker, and it's just one giant. It's yolk. just a mega yoke. It's a, we had a double yoker the other day. That was really cool. Do chickens this ever? This is a huge one. Are there's ever twins? Chicken twins? The, I mean, that must be what a double yoker is. Are you gonna drink you, this? I you're dare gonna you drink to. that. I'm not gonna drink it. <laughs> I'm not gonna drink no, it. No, I had my jalapeno soup. So. um... Let's wrap up. We got five minutes. Do, do you find any questions? I did want to um, bring let's up. See. You oh. chat while I'll do it. Okay. Bring up. What do you want to bring uh, up? I, I don't know the last time we spoke, but um, do we have our game? Did, did you talk oh, about games? Oh, I just, Chanel Fall is on and she said, what's your favorite game? Okay. And I was telling them about your um, your game obsession and that I need to have an intervention. Yeah. I'm working he's on pretty, it. I'm, he's I'm pretty, he's pretty obsessed. I'm going to chill out about it. I, I get I get obsessed about it's, things. It's a good obsession. But like we, we do have to say family game. Did we talk about this? I can't remember if we talked about this. Mm -hmm. Quacks at Quillenburg. Oh, show them that. You should show them. Is it right here? Do we, do we already? Mm. Just looking through y'all's chats here. So Quacks at Quillenburg. It's a, it's a push-your-luck game. You're, you're basically making these potions. And so cool. you have a little bag, and you pull out ingredients. Mm -hmm. And there's one ingredient called a cherry bomb. And if you get seven, or the numerical value of seven cherry bombs, they come in values of one, two, and three, then your potion explodes. If you get over seven. Seven, or, yeah, more than seven. Seven is the most you can get. So you kind of sit there pulling out these things and putting them down and seeing how you how far you can go, how far you can go. And then you buy more ingredients. And then as the game progresses, your, your potion gets bigger and bigger and more complex and stuff. And it's really good. Mm -hmm. um, we have one one major quack in the family. Um, yep, Adrian. Quite the quack at Quillenburg, Adrian. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm second quack. He's ridiculously good at this he's game. He's really good at this game. But... So much so that you're suspicious. I'm kind of sus because he can get up to seven cherry bombs and then he just keeps on magically growing and growing and growing. It was for something, some reason, like I started playing this, me and Adrian like figured it out together and halfway through the game, I'm like, oh, this is a good game. And then when I was explaining it to you, halfway through your face lit up, you're like, oh, this is a good game. And the problem with this game is I think it's teaching you gambling mechanics. Me? I, oh, one, it's teaching, teaching the player. Okay. So you got to be careful with it. Yeah, I think that's, that's, true. It, that's what makes it fun. Is oh, yeah, that yeah. Risky, you get that dopamine. Yeah, you get a dopamine. Yeah, you actually yeah, get you like, you get a feeling from this game that is like that's a true. little bit. You that's, have to be a little. That's a yeah. good point. And Julian hates it. Well, we got to teach him how to do it better. Yeah, he doesn't like it. So that's a really good game. That's a really family game. I got it at Target, and there's a buy one, get one, uh, buy two, get one free, and oh, then look, he canceled somebody, the two. And Vibrant stuff, so Goo. Is that your name, Vibrant Goo? That's a funny yeah, name. Yeah, he loves that. You can, get, you can get it. I got it on sale. So there's a lot of games that you can get on sale and stuff. That's mm -hmm. how I afford my gambling, my, mm -hmm. my gambling addiction, my gaming addiction. Scouring forums for sales. So, um... What is your grand hope for this month? Do you have? Are you? What are you looking forward to? Oh, this month? Yeah. Uh, well, 
in the coming up weeks. Christmas is coming. Christmas. Is... That'll be fun. I want to go look at lights. I want to go for a, oh, yeah, a let's drive go look to at look lights. at Christmas lights. Yeah, you know, the problem is, is we have my Miata and we can't take the kids, but yeah, we have you... to go with the top down. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll do the, maybe, you, want it one you know what I could do? Yeah, maybe we could do uh, two trips because there's lights just down the street, mm -hmm. right? You want to take. So the... I can take Adrian or Julian and then you can take Julian or Adrian and we can split it up. So, because the top <laughs> just... down has got to be so <laughs> no, great to look no, at with no, the top no. down. No? We'll do two. We'll do two. Do a, a family a drive and then... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. I know, I know. Whatever. That'll be fun. And yeah. So, oh. How about you? What are Thanks you looking point. forward to? Uh, we're going... We got a house-sitting gig in Hawaii. Yeah, we do. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I have a lot of content that I need to publish, but I'm looking for more content to publish. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know what to... I don't know what to, who to interview about what. So anybody has any suggestions or... Are you tired of gender? Uh, I have a lot. I have a, I have a really good conversation with a detransitioner um, that I've been sitting on for... I got to space them out because... Um, do you want to do them all at once? No, I just... I got to space them out. Um, and then I have one with your friend Carob, which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. And I have one with January Little John, which oh, is great. Oh, I bet that's a really good one. She's yeah, great. She's a parent who... She's school fantastic went down the path of transing mm -hmm. her kid and mm -hmm. and so she taught now she's an activist against that it's pretty mm -hmm. crazy mm -hmm. and then i have a i have one more with eliza mondegreen mm -hmm. about u.s path and that's good i we, we've been we've been um creating content for a while so it's mm -hmm. it, as our, as one's relationship with one's uh you know avatar another person's avatar develops you get to I, I like to enjoy like pushing, like I start to push back a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I never push back with people that I don't know. And I only really push back with people that I admire or I respect. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's interesting whenever I do am kind of like brusque with somebody um, or, or kind of forthright. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I'll get comments like, why is Benjamin being so rude? It's like, I'm actually like, that's a sign of respect for me. Yeah. You're actually engaging with somebody. I'm actually like testing them. And, mm -hmm. and I, I stood up to, you know, like I push back on James and I push, I push on uh, Liza a little bit more than normal. You did that with uh, Jonathan Peugeot in that did a I? little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It was a really good conversation. Yeah. What is love? That's a good question. Let's wrap it up, okay. dear. All right. Can dear. you tell me to do something so we can do the meme? Let's do the meme. Let's do the meme. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what do I want you to do? Tell me to do something. Tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> I can't even think of anything <laughs> think of to something you that you're, you're better at me. Oh, about. I didn't like, I did not like the uh, AI pictures of you as a woman. Oh. <laughs> Those were terrible. I know. That was the point. So I can't yes dear those. That was the whole point. Uh, yeah, they were terrible. Anyways. That's all I have. Here. Made me uncomfortable. Oh, oh gosh! You want to crack my nut or bust my ball? Here. Let's just go about. Okay, I'll, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We'll, we'll talk to you guys. How do you even do this? I'll do it. Have a good have a good night, guys.